Our reading today is from Psalm 146. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I'll praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. As we have uh, so beautifully celebrated in these past few minutes, today we are recognizing All Saints Day. This is the day in our church year when we remember those who in the last year have died, and with them, all of the faithful people who have touched our lives. We also recognize that we believe, as we just said in the Apostles' Creed, in the communion of the saints. That is, we believe that all of God's people, dead and alive, worship God together across heaven and earth and across time and space. This is a day that brings sadness. Uh, On my mind in particular are two people who died in the year before I moved to Nashville. Uh, My grandfather and a close friend of mine whose birthday actually is today. And I'm sure that many of you have names and faces in mind as well. We mourn these people. But today, with that mourning comes praise as well. We gratefully remember the saints on our minds. And we glorify God for being with us still. All Saints Day names for us this position that we're always in between suffering and rejoicing. Our psalm today knows this place very well. It begins with great joy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. But there's a note of tragedy in those words. The psalmist knows that someday death will end even this praise that comes from the depth of his soul. The psalm goes on to suggest to us that not all is right. There are princes who cannot be trusted. There are those who are oppressed and the hungry who are still with us. There are prisoners. There are blind people and people who are bowed down, strangers and orphans and widows, and even the wicked. Praising God, the psalm tells us, does not mean being ignorant of all of these things that are in our world and in ourselves that are simply not right. We do, in fact, live in a world of pain and sorrow, pain and sorrow in in which we're involved with every step we take. The psalm warns us that whatever plans humans might make, they are, are rendered ineffective because ultimately people die. And try as we might, we're unable on our own 
to escape either the suffering that we see in the world, the suffering that we are, are victims of, or the suffering that we cause others. We are limited creatures in a limited world. But amid those very limitations, God gives us a gift. God enables us to praise him. Because of the help and the hope that we have in God, the location of our praise is in the middle of the world of brokenness. If we're to praise God like this psalm, we do so mindful of this location. Our praise occurs amid pain and injustice. Praise isn't just putting on a happy face and pretending that everything is okay. Praise, like what we see in Psalm 146, is fully aware of all the ways that things are wrong. But it nevertheless hopes that God is with us and is active. And though the ways that God is working in the world and in us are beyond what we can fully imagine, we can still participate in praising God as God's own gift to us. And this, this is what true praise looks like knowing both the pain of the world and the glory of God. We can engage in this kind of praise because we worship a God who's not afraid to have dirty hands. God is not aloof from the problems of the world, even the problem of death, and God doesn't expect for us to be aloof either. The God we know in Jesus is a God who shows up in the middle of time and who himself undergoes suffering, not just on the cross, but through his whole life. And what's more, the God that we know in Jesus is deeply interested in face-to-face -face relationships with all kinds of mortals. Praise, uh, or praising the, you know, this kind of God could never consist of just sort of applauding him from a distance and ignoring all the things that we know and that God knows about the world. No, this God is a God who wants conversation with us. And the gift of praising God is the gift of that conversation. Psalm 146 gives us some hints about what that conversation looks like. The psalm reminds us to not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. This verse calls to mind 1 Samuel 8, in which Israel asked to be ruled by a king like all the other nations. And through the prophet Samuel God warns Israel that a king would bring war and would take away their crops and their fields and even their children. And in that day, God says, you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourself, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. God here is calling Israel to listen, to be in conversation about God's plan for them. But they don't listen to God's voice. 1 Samuel 8.19 tells us that the people refuse to listen. The people choosing to listen to themselves rather than to God, the conversation with God comes to an end. But our psalm tell, today tells us that it, it does not have to be that way. The God who has always been there, the God who is with Jacob, the namesake of Israel, and the God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, this God will keep faith forever. Mortals die, and conversation with them must stop. But God is utterly reliable, and so conversation with God knows no end. Because of God's faithfulness, praising God means trusting God with our hardships and our failures 
and our doubts. This isn't the kind of conversation where God asks, you know, how are you? And we just answer, oh, fine. On the other hand, we, we know that we can be honest with God about where we truly are in life. God has given us the gift of this kind of conversation. Just as God keeps faith with us, even in our mortal failures, we're invited to keep faith with God in the middle of a troubled world. This isn't easy. It goes into the gut-wrenching depths of our souls, as the psalm reminds us. Like our God, though, who has shown up in person, this kind of praise is willing to get dirty. I found that it's people who have known suffering who truly know how to praise God. One of the conversation partners that I had in my, in my group that I met with to prepare for this sermon told me a story that, that tells about this kind of, of dirty praise. A few years ago, a, a friend of hers moved away from a town and a church that she loved. And around that same time, the woman's relationship with her son began, uh, began to become strained, eventually to the point where they were completely estranged. In the midst of this awful and terrible and painful situation, uh, the woman found herself traveling back to her former church so that she could be with the Bible study group there that has, had sustained her over the years. This was a four-hour journey each week that she would make. And why? Why would she do such a thing? Uh, to me, I, I think it must be that because it's, she felt in her bones that in the middle of her suffering, she needed to go to a place where she knew that she could be in conversation with God. But this conversation with God doesn't just stop with us who are here already in the church. In giving us the ability to praise, God enables us to invite others into their own conversation with God. This, mean, this gift means that God calls us to be present with the world in its suffering just as God is present with us in ours. This is, this is, just, this is an amazing way that God works by the gift of a broken Savior using a broken people to reach out to a broken world. Now notice that this isn't just something that we can do out of our own confidence, that you know, through our own cleverness or whatever, we can rid the world of its evil. On the contrary, it's the gift of God. It's the gift of God that leaves us saying, praise the Lord. Our psalm tells us that this conversation with the world is ultimately God's work. It's the Lord who keeps faith forever, executes justice for the oppressed, and gives food to the hungry. It's the Lord that sets the prisoners free. The Lord lifts up those who are bound down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. The Lord upholds the widow and the orphan. But the way of the wicked, the Lord brings to ruin. But though all of this is what God does, if we and our praise of the Lord are, are transformed by our conversation, then we too will be changed. God's, uh, or, or today's gospel lesson to us makes that abundantly clear. When the scribe comes to Jesus and asks him what the greatest commandment is, Jesus tell him, tells him, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. What do we hear here in these words from Jesus? First, 
We hear love, and with that, praise of God. And second, that love and that praise spilling over into our relationships with our neighbors. As we praise God in this way, we will be transformed by our conversation to seek out people in our world who are the, the oppressed, the hungry, the prisoner, the, the blind, the broken down, uh, the stranger, the orphan, and the widow. We don't, we don't have to look far to find those people. All of those kinds of folks are right here in our neighborhood and even here in our church. But let's think for a minute just about one of them. Let's think about the idea of strangers. I think of, of how beautiful it was this last week to see the welcome that we offered our community to people from many, many different racial and ethnic backgrounds at our trunk or treat. Many of these folks are strangers to us. Many, in fact, uh, are you know, many of our immigrant guests are, are strangers to this country altogether. And I think it's a, it's just, it's a beautiful and amazing thing to see those folks welcome into our community. I think as well about the welcome that I hope that we provide to, to those with disabilities, people who oftentimes have a, have a difficult time finding a church in which they feel welcomed and in which they feel at home. And I think also about a young man I know of at a church uh, back home in Mississippi. Uh, this young man, uh, after committing an armed robbery, found himself jailed and estranged from most of his family. But the church where his grandmother attends decided that they would reach out to this person who, other than that one relationship, was largely a stranger to them. The church prayed for him. The pastor visited him in jail. One of the deacons even intervened and allowed the young man to serve out his sentence in the county jail rather than in the notorious state prison at Parchman. This young man, who indeed had committed a terrible act, came to faith in Christ through this relationship that the church built with him. And now released from jail, has found a community that has given him a new and a better life. All of this because people realize that truly praising God means that we will be transformed to love like God loves. When this kind of praise happens, we anticipate the last line of this psalm. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, and all generations. Because God's love will reign forever, we can live now for all generations in praise of God. Our praise of God is an anticipation of what it will look like when God reigns, bringing to fulfillment all the conversations that we have had with God in the hard places of our lives and in the hard places of the world. And praising God in this way, it's all the saints in heaven and earth who join with us in rejoicing in God because God reigns across all time and space. So today, on All Saints Day, Let's join with all the saints in saying, praise the Lord. Amen.